scary world. Hi, everybody. Hey, everyone. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Sarah. And, and this, this is... Mmm, Dead Time Stories! A weekly podcast where Sarah and I talk about ghost stories, true crime, mysteries, cults, conspiracies, the supernatural, paranormal, or even just the generally weird, eerie, spooky, strange stuff that we want to talk about that week. Why is that, Sarah? That's because it's our show, and it's not yours. Facts are facts are facts. Facts on if facts this is on your facts. first episode, your first time listening, stop, stop, stop right now. Stop what you're doing. I mean, we'll finish. Listen to the rest of this sentence. Stop and go back, go back and to listen the beginning. from the beginning. Go back to episode one. Stop right now. I mean it. Stop listening to this episode and go back and start at episode one. Okay. Perfect. And then Thank everybody you. else, welcome. welcome. And you know, if you caught up now, welcome back. Welcome We're so back, excited everybody. to have you. And you know what? It and it makes my day, and I mention it every single time. But when we have listeners who comment, message, tweet that they listened to us and they went back and started at the beginning, and we had another listener retweet that this week, and yes. I just want to say, yes, proud of you, proud, proud of, of you. you. <sighs> Those are, yeah, like, that's how you come for that number one spot. You have to start at the beginning. That's when you really stand out to us as a listener is if you started at the beginning and then you make sure and that you, you tell us. you made all the way here. And then you tell us, like, hey, I actually did it. I did it. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome back. Welcome back if it's, you know, you all caught up or, like, you know, if you're, like, a tried and true listener who is, you know, just listening because it's the next week and you're all caught up. We're super thankful for you. Everybody. Welcome. What a wild, crazy, fun time this is. If you live in Philadelphia and you are free this Saturday, this Saturday. and there are still tickets available, me and Sarah are in a show together. In person. Director Angela. In person. It is my first live performance in over a year. Yeah, same. Yeah. My last like, performance was well. filmed. Yeah. Well, it's also our first time acting like with people a lot of the shows that have been going on have been via zoom or via virtual and up yeah, until no, we're in person recent we've all we been were vaccinated calm down vax 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 on vax miss vaxi over here we're set miss vaxi miss vaxi miss vaxi my headphones were being weird and cutting out earlier, so I did turn on the <laughs> the closed captioning for the Google chat. Oh, and stop. One, I have to say, it is pretty, like, accurate. Like, spookily, spookily accurate. How did it spell Vaxi? Well, it it did at first spell Vaxi, V-A-C-C-I-E, and I was like, whoa. And then it did correct, it corrected itself to vaccine, Miss Vaccine, Miss Vaccine, and I'm like. That's not what I'm okay. saying, Google. Google. That's not what I'm saying. Is the FBI agent responding in the closed captions to to me? Ooh, do you think it's an FBI agent? Or do you think this is just, they already know how to have the closed captioning going really well because this is what they're sending to your FBI agent. Like, he's listening, but they also send a transcript just in case. Tomato, tomato. Yeah. Wish it was more like an aim chat with our FBI agent. Oh my god, me too. But this Saturday at West yes. Laurel Hill Cemetery, we're we doing a are show. When Shakespeare's Ladies Meet, presented to you by Casa Buena Cultural Productions, and of course directed by Mary Angela, and it has some of our favorite 
Casa Buena people and my favorite funny ladies, Sarah and Teresa. Oh my god. Amazing. Oh yeah, the cast incredible. is stellar. So funny. Kay Bianco is in it. We've got Angel James. We have Nina Boyle. Boyle. Is it Nina Boyle? Boyle. She's in it? I didn't and forget anybody, did I? Liam, our stage I mean, manager. Liam's there. He's our stage manager, but he also kind of is in it a little bit. He's my manservant for a hot second. So that's the cast. So if you show up, you don't need to see the program. It is a hilarious show, and you can get tickets at westlaurelhill.org. I think it's westlaurelhillcemetery.org. But if you Google West Laurel Hill Cemetery, look for events. I mean, it's right there. It's it's westlaurelhill.com. There you go. I I just looked it up. I'm on the website right now. But yes, westlaurelhill.com, Laurel, L-A-U-R-E-L. You should come check out When Shakespeare's Ladies Meet. There's a 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock, and an 8 o'clock show. But they, uh, the tickets are like moving. It's picnic style. Bring a blanket, sit down, have a good time, watch a really funny show. I'm very excited. It's going to be a blast. And it's going to be in it person. It's going to be a blast. It's going to be in person. It's going to be a blast. It's going to be unmasked because we're all totally vaxxed. All right. End the show. We peaked. We're done. Episode's over. Dead Time Stories is brought to you by... I don't know why. I wish we had like a little ad like that. That's the end music. There it is. Just kidding. Dead Time Stories is hosted by Sarah Heddens and Stephanie Seacrest and music by Eric Gershnow. Don't give it away. Don't give it away. They have to wait till the end. Ooh. Speaking of Eric Urshaw waiting until the end, just you wait, Henry Eggins. Just you wait. I don't want to spoil it. Me either. I'm so That's excited. That's it. That's all I was going to say. And then I was going to be like, hey, Sarah. Um, Hey, Stephanie. Y'all ready to talk about some ghosts? Guess what, y'all? I'm the excited. It's all Stephanie episode. I got two stories today. All Stephanie, all the time. I was going to say, have you, have we done an all Stephanie episode before? Have you done a full, just like by yourself episode? I have, but I don't know on what. See, that's where I'm just like, I feel like you have too, but then I'm like, have you? Hey, if you just caught up. We're doing it now. And it's fresh in your mind. Let us know. Let us know if I did an episode by myself where it was just me telling stories. If not, here it is. Welcome, bitches. I got two things to tell you about. Oh, what? Ooh, double the stories, double the fun. Who's going first? I mean, what's going first? I was like, I'm going, going first, first and second. You're going it's both me. Times. I'm doing both. Classic me. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I'll just sit back here no, and be I just quiet. Do them both because I'm. No, I know. Seventy. What are you talking about for your okay. first story? First, I'm going to talk about a place. Okay. <laughs> It's a place that I recently found out about, and I was inspired by our trip that we took recently, our surprise trip to Kutztown. So Ooh. Val and Sarah planned a little surprise getaway uh, evening, weekend plan. It was it was cute. Uh, so I had no idea what was going on, but also Charlie, Sarah's boyfriend, did not know what was going on. And so we both saw each other where we were, and we're like, hey, what are you, okay, hi, I guess you're here. What's happening? I don't know. And so we went to Kutztown, which was pretty delightful, it w- if not a little, you know, uh, you know, 
The red oh, hat. for sure. Because we're in Pennsylvania. <laughs> uh, I saw a Confederate flag. And, I mean, I, of course I disagree with them in general. But as somebody from North Carolina, I had a real, real problem being like, dude, you're in Pennsylvania. Y'all were not in the Confederacy. Like, this was the line. This you is are, where people escape to. You're at you the You are outside of it. So, yes. first of all, take it down. They just don't... Second of all, it's 2021, you racist piece of shit. Like, take it down. Actually, that's the first one. And second of all, like, you're in Pennsylvania. I think that it's really cute that you give them the benefit of the doubt that they know geography enough to even realize that they're not they're somewhere not in down right in the place. south. Yeah. So... Yeah. They don't anyway, even know. we went to Kutztown. We went to Crystal Cave. Me and Sarah got some... Rangs and <laughs> some jewelry. jewelry. We got some awesome great. gemstone pieces. We didn't see any ghosts. We didn't see any ghosts. Um, but that got me curious about other weird shit that's like in a drivable distance from Philly. <laughs> Ooh, what'd you find? I found a place <laughs> called Centralia, Pennsylvania. Have you heard of Centralia? Okay. Is that where the uh, mines are still burning underground, and it's the basis for Silent Hill. Yes, <laughs> okay. that's the end of my first uh, story. Yes. The end. I'm sorry. No. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> yes, Centralia is located in Pennsylvania. It's about an hour and a half, maybe two hours outside of Philly. It didn't sound like it was too far. It's like um halfway between here and Scranton. Mm-hmm. And it is, they call it a near ghost town, because it's not entirely a ghost town. At this time, I believe, currently, what did they put in the 2020 census as far as how many people live there? As of the 2019 estimate, it was 11 people still live in Centralia, Pennsylvania. Damn. what's going on in Centralia? You talked about the burning mines. Well, let me explain that a little more for the people who don't know what it is. Please, elaborate. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's not the first time you've heard of what I was going to talk about. So all of the real estate in the borough was actually claimed under eminent domain, which was something we were talking about before we started recording. Yes. But eminent domain, if you're not familiar with the terminology, um, it happens in other countries besides the U.S., but we hear about it here because that's where we live. And it's basically the power of the state to take over private property for public use. And in the United States, it happens a lot uh, also when there's like an impending danger or doom that's going to consume the area where the government will be like, look, like you got to relocate. We're going to buy your land because you're, it's not going to be livable. Here's some money to like go elsewhere. Right. It's time to go, girl. They're like, it's time to go, girl. It's time to go. So what's going on in Centralia and why is it time to go, girl? And why do only 11 people live there? Well, why did 11 people not get that message? First of all, at the height of its, like, most booming, there were maybe, like, 2,500 people there. Um, It's still very small. It's always been very small. But it was a really little coal mining town. Um, But part of what they would do in this coal mining town is uh, when it was garbage time, once a year, uh, I mean, they gather the garbage more than once a year. But they would go to this empty pit that's been dug out by the firefighters and they would dump all the trash into the pit and then they would just burn all the trash. Yeah, because why not? (laughs) And that was just what they did. Like, that was just how they got rid of all of their trash. 
And then they would like stick They're around. They're like, why do other people complain about trash? Why You can just burn it, right? idiots. So on May 27th, 1962, the firefighters, as they, ha- as they had in the past, they set the dump on fire and they let it burn for some time. Unlike previous years, however, the fire was not fully extinguished. An unsealed opening in the pit, because it was burned in like a big old pit, right, in the ground. An unsealed mm-hmm. opening in the pit... Uh, actually released the fire into the labyrinth of abandoned coal mines in Centralia. So because they had been mining, you know, many years earlier, there were all these little, like, holes dug throughout. Um, and it was like a little labyrinth. That was the word that was used. Like a little maze of holes, of just holes of coal dug into the ground and out, 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 miles and miles around, right? So... That means that there's always air coming through, even if it's just a little bit, it's enough to feed a fire, and there's always coal, there's always burning material. So it started, um, like I said, in 1962, and people became aware of it because they're, at first, like, it, it's, it was very small, but it was still producing smoke. And so they were trying to take care of it. They kept thinking that they had gotten it out, that they had gotten it out. Uh, They couldn't see the fire. But after a number of weeks, the ground started to get hot. Like they could feel the heat coming out of the ground. They were measuring the temperatures of the ground. And the ground itself was getting hotter. So then they had this plan to like dig a hole. This was in 1979 where they were going to drill down and try and like head off the fire. Like if they could get ahead of it and like flush it out from Mm -hmm. this way, like maybe they could like get down in there and like stop it. Finish it off. Right. Got it. Mind you, (laughs) they're spending tons and tons of money on this project. So the first time they spent, uh, they estimated it was going to be around $20,000, which that's the equivalent today of like $170,000. Okay. So work began on the project on August 22nd. The Department of Mines and Mineral Industries, who originally believed that they would only need to excavate 24,000 cubic yards of earth, informed them that they were forbidden from doing any exploratory drilling in order to find the parameter of the fire or how deep it was. So they were just guessing, basically. They were like, uh, it was like that part in Robin Hood Men and Tights where they're like, Blinken, what are you doing up there? And he's the lookout, and he's like, I'm guessing? I guess there's no one coming? That was them with the fire. They were like, I guess this is where the fire ends and where the fire is gonna be, so let's maybe do this. So mind you, they're spending thousands and thousands of dollars and yeah. they're not getting it right. <laughs> they're probably also, like, making it a little bit worse. Yeah. So the size of the location of the fire was instead estimated best uh, based on the amount of steam issuing from the landfill rock. So, like, that whole area where they were burning stuff, they were like, well, here's yeah. how much is coming out of there. So I guess this is how far it's gone. They didn't have enough manpower, they didn't have the right tools, and they weren't digging in the right spot. So not only were they wasting tons and tons of money, they were wasting precious resources, and they were wasting 
time because the fire in the mines under Centralia was only growing. On October 29th, just prior to the termination of the first project, a new project was proposed that involved flushing the mine fire. Crushed rock would be mixed with water and pumped into Centralia's mines ahead of the expected fire expansion. The project was estimated to cost around $40,000, which is estimated cool, to cool, be cool. now around $340,000. Great, great. If you got, if you want to make money, you got to spend money. Let's go. <laughs> right? Bids were opened on November 1st, and the project was awarded to K&H Excavating with a low bid of $28,400. Drilling was conducted through holes spaced 20 feet apart in a semicircular pattern along the edge of the landfill. However, this project was also ineffective <laughs> due to multiple no. factors. Centralia experienced an unusually heavy period of snowfall and unseasonably low temperatures during the projects. Winter weather caused the water supply lines to freeze. Furthermore, the rock grinding machine froze during a windy blizzard. Oh, Lord. Both problems inhibited timely mixture and administration of the crushed rock slurry. The DMMI also worried that the 10,000 cubic yards of flushing material would not be enough to fill the mines, thus preventing the boreholes from filling completely. Partially filled boreholes would provide an escape route for the fire, <laughs> rendering the project ineffective. <laughs> And also making it worse. Making it worse. <laughs> Correct. So not only did they not put out the fire, they continued to make this fire worse until it is it is growing to the point where it has consumed the underground of Centralia. The third project was drawn up soon after that, although the project would be delayed until after the new fiscal year, beginning July 1st, 1963. The first option costing... $277,490. Good God. And this consisted of entrenching the fire and backfilling the trench with incombustible material. The second plan cost around $151,000, offering a smaller trench in an incomplete circle, followed by the completion of the circle with a flush barrier. The third plan was a total concentrated flushing project, larger than the second project's flushing, and costing $82,000. The state abandoned this project in 1963. They were like, shrug. I Honestly, big shrug, hard shrug, we're out. Yes. So after decades of trying to stop this fire and all sorts of different methods, none mm -hmm. of them worked. And the town was becoming unlivable. The fumes that are coming, just coming out of the ground. Yeah, that cannot which, by be the good way, for you. They, it's not. They have these pipes. They're still there that you can drive up and you can look at them. The pi They have pipes that are just releasing smoke from the ground. Mm-hmm. Just constantly. Just 24 because the fire is still burning. Mind you, this started in 1962. It is 2021. So this is an almost 60-year-old fire. This America's longest burning. run in fire. <laughs> I mean, it does hold some sort of record. But oh, I don't, it's got I don't know. What, I guess like the longest underground burning fire of, I don't know. I mean, I would assume <laughs> it's like the longest known underground burning fire or maybe just if burning you, fire if you question if it would ever stop 
The answer is no. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> the answer is yes. But at its current rate, it could continue to burn for over 250 years. Whoa! It's going to take yeah. out all of PA. It's just going to spread. So few homes remain standing in Centralia. Yeah. In, uh, I believe, 1984, Congress allocated more than $42 million for relocation efforts, which, again, today would be the equivalent of $103 million. Most of the residents accepted buyout offers and dispersed far away from the area. Uh, data from the 1990 United States Census shows that the nearby towns continued to lose population at the same rate as previous decades, suggesting that Centralians did not locate, like, nearby. Like, yeah. they went away. Yeah. A few families opted to stay, despite urgings from Pennsylvania officials. In 1992, Pennsylvania Governor Bob Casey invoked eminent domain on all properties in the borough, condemning all the buildings within. A subsequent legal effort by the residents had the decision reversed failed. In 2002, the U.S. Postal Service revoked Centralia's zip code of 17927. Wow, they got hard blocked. Yeah. In 2009, Governor Ed Rindle began the formal eviction of Centralia residents. In July 2012, the last handful of residents in Centralia lost their appeal of court decision upholding eminent domain proceedings and were ordered again to leave. State and local officials reached an agreement with the seven remaining residents on October 29, 2013, allowing them to live out their lives there, after which the rights of their properties will be taken through eminent domain. So they can live in their houses until they die... But once wow. they die, the government gets their land. Wow. Yes. <laughs> they literally, like, chained themselves to their house. And they were like, you're going to take it over my dead yes. body. And the They're government like, said, I'm not deal. fucking going. The government was like, deal. Where can I sign? The Centralia Mine Fire also extended beneath the town of Burnsville, a few, which ironically, but it's Burn, B-Y-R-N. <laughs> Still counts. Burnsville. A few miles south, the town had to be aban- had to be abandoned and was also leveled. Most of Centralia has been le- leveled at this point. Oh yeah, I was. Uh, now I learned about it because there was a place that I wanted to go see, but they basically destroyed it in 2020. Outside of Centralia, there was also a landmark called Graffiti Highway. Graffiti oh, Highway yeah. was about three quarters of a mile long and it was the stretch of road that went out to Centralia. But now that Centralia has been abandoned, uh, that road is out of use and they built a different extension off of the highway and that piece of road is no longer used. So people covered that area with graffiti and it was kind of a tourist attraction, but at the same time, the people who, which it says the people who own the land, but I'm like, isn't that the government? But I guess the government owns Centralia and not this little strip of land that the road is on. But basically the people that owned that strip of land were trying to keep trespassers off and people kept coming and kept coming because they wanted to see the landmark. Excuse me. But I think the bigger problem was ATVs. People were like riding their ATVs out there, being a bunch of assholes, and people were littering a lot and just leaving trash all over the place. Way to ruin it for everybody, people. Really, though. Last year during Corona times... 
they, if you Google it, it looks, it's the saddest thing you've ever seen. They basically, um, paid a bulldozer to come out and cover the entire thing with giant piles of dirt. Damn. So the entire little stretch of road, which was, like I said, three quarters of a mile, all of it has been covered with these giant lumps of dirt, uh, which is very sad because it was very pretty. If you look at it before, it's like four points in New York. If you're familiar, it was a building when I lived in New York that was covered in graffiti. It was really cool. People used to come from all around to go check it out. And then the people who owned the building were like, stop coming to look at this building. And they like whitewashed it and they didn't even like fully paint it. It was just like they... They whitewash it. Like, they just kind of put some white paint over the parts where the graffiti was, and it looked so hideous. And people were like, that was art. Why'd you do do that? That's how I feel about a graffiti highway. That Um, was art. Why would you do that? (laughs) I'm sure people were being dicks. But also, I'm sure the piles of dirt are also not... I keep saying the word also. I don't think that that's going to keep the people on the ATVs away to just cover it in dirt. No. But I first found out about graffiti highway, and then I... From there, found out about Centralia, because I was looking for other weird shit for us to check out in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Um, But, yes, on top of that, you had briefly mentioned this earlier, Silent Hill uh, was inspired by Centralia, just the aesthetics of the town, where it's, like, smoky, and there's no people, and it's empty, and there's buildings, but it's, like, really creepy, and it's, like, another dimension. And it inspired the aesthetics for Silent Hill. Which is very creepy, and that's a horror movie that I've seen, and it still scares me to this day. There you go. There you go. So that's my first story. Woo! Centralia, Pennsylvania. I'm so ready for the second story. (laughs) I'm so ready! Um, do we tell them that you know about it, or? (laughs) Well, we did now. This is the lost audio from Stephanie's, or this is Stephanie's (laughs) lost audio from the Lost Duggar episode. So we did technically record this story before, but it's been about three weeks now, and uh, I'm excited to hear it again. And the story is fantastic. So it's worth it. Here we go. Let's go. Okay. So, I want to start this story by saying that it first came to my attention through Zach Simcoe. So, thank you, Zach. Thank you, Zach. This was several weeks ago, but this was more, like, timely when (laughs) I told the story before. So, Zach sent me this story on TikTok where it was this girl explaining something that had happened between her mother and a news anchor in Anchorage, Alaska that led the mayor of Anchorage, Alaska, Ethan Berkowitz, to resign from his position in October of 2020. So we're going to talk about the events that led up to that. So it all starts with a lady named Molly Blakely. Molly Blakely lives outside of Anchorage, Alaska, and she is a lady who has founded all kinds of businesses, and she has kind of a cult following on Facebook. Uh, But her most recent thing is that she sells booze-infused cookies. That's her thing right now. She also was on a show. I think we talked about this Hotel Impossible, which I think she owned a hotel for a little time. But it was it's like, you know, what's the restaurant show where they do that? Where basically they go to the business and they're like, this is all the things you need to do to fix your business. Yeah. But she's like sassy and whatever. Yeah, she's like one of those ladies who hops from like faddish job to like another fad job and whatever's yes. gonna like put her in the public eye. 
But yes, now her her thing is booze cookies. Sure. Because she was on Pinterest and she was like, that looks like a good idea. She's like, that sounds popular. (laughs) What do booze cookies have to do with the resignation of the mayor of Anchorage, Alaska? Well, let me get you there. Let me take you there. Uh, Uh. uh, So anyway, there is... Or was. Or, no, she still is. I mean, she's no, not doing oh, she's this job not anymore. she's deceased. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Sorry. There was at the time. She's just a shell of her former self. <laughs> a news anchor by the name of Maria Athens working outside of Anchorage, Alaska. Maria Athens was interviewing Molly Blakely about her cookie company. And they were at a local diner. And they're being cutesy, they're doing the spiel, they're talking about the cookies, great, whatever. So they finish filming, they realize they might have to film something again, there was like a hiccup, whatever. They're chatting with each other while they're waiting to refilm the situation. And out of, I don't want to say out of nowhere, because I don't know what the fuck they were talking about before that. (laughs) Legend has it, they were talking about masks. (laughs) About the local mask mandate, because they were at the diner. Uh, and the diner didn't want to enforce that. And Maria Athens was like, what do you think of Mayor Ethan Berkowitz? Because he had put in a mask order. So she's like, what do you think of the mayor? Molly proceeds to tell Maria, oh, well, first she asks, oh, is, isn't is he short? And Maria says, yeah, I guess he's, he's short. Sure, why not? Molly proceeds to tell Maria that when her daughter was 17, she was sex trafficked. And she was one of her clients who she was sex trafficked by was Mayor Ethan Berkowitz. She just throws it into conversation. She just throws that she out She just throws there. it out My there. daughter was sex trafficked by him when she was 17. Oh, okay, Molly. Maria Athens. Are you, are you like, okay, Molly, I know. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, okay, Molly, I guess. So do you use like pure cane sugar in your booze cookies or? Um, like what's going on there? <laughs> So, that's a pretty fucking deep thing to say, yes, right? Yes, that's, I mean, you, uh, yes. Nash. That's a huge allegation. On top of that being a huge allegation, what Molly Blakely doesn't know is that Maria Athens has been having a romantic affair with Mayor Ethan Berkowitz for the past three years. And she just heard that her lover of three years is a pedophile who has been sex trafficking children. This tea is Needless hot. to say, she snaps. She can't I handle mean, it. who wouldn't? Like, let's be real, but she friggin' snaps. Uh, and she proceeds to leave a voicemail on Ethan Berkowitz's phone that I'm going to play for you now. <laughs> and I will caution and say that she does get anti-Semitic, and then she drops a hard J. She doesn't say, like, a slur, but it's, you know, when you drop a hard J, it's kind of slurry. So I just want to put that in there. We don't condone that. No, nope, we don't condone clear, that. But it's the least no. of our worries in this story right now, y'all. So here we go. Ethan, it's Maria Athens from Fox ABCCW News at National Alaska. Uh, I just learned through my uh, Emmy award-winning journalism, you're also a pedophile in, like, little girls and children. And there's a website. I'm so fucking exposing you. I'm going to get an Emmy. You need to turn yourself in, kill yourself, or do what you need to do. I will 
personally kill you and Mark Kimmel, my goddamn self, you Jewish piece of living fucking shit. You have met your match, motherfucker. You have met your motherfucking match. I can't believe I am such a good person and thought I loved you. I fucking hate, I don't even hate you. I will pray for your Zionist fucking ass, you piece of shit loser. And I'm putting this on the news tonight. Bye. Have a great Friday, you motherfucker. <laughs> so first of all, it's, it's art. It's really incredible, isn't it, though? It's art. It And like you it's, mentioned earlier, it's... It, it, it's uh, she goes from journalist voice to then like it trails off a little bit, but I love the beginning. It's it like is, so much Maria of it. She Athens. stays in that news reporter voice, and even the way she goes, "I can't believe I fucking, fucking loved, loved you." you. <laughs> That's like my favorite part. We all know what my favorite part is, but it's not good. Kill yourself, <laughs> right? Sarah loves when she says, "Kill yourself." It's awful, y'all. We don't condone this. It's awful. It's terrible. I don't condone anything she said, but this voicemail's off the it chain, It's hilarious. Right? So she does that. She does that, right? And she uh, she decides that she's going to try and air it on the news, right? But her fiancé at the time, <laughs> because mm-hmm. she was engaged and Ethan Berkowitz is married, she uh, got into a fight with her producer about it which was her fiance who would not let her put it on the air so instead of putting it on the air she put a video on the news station's facebook page and here's the audio from that video art it's art hello there maria athens from fox abc cw news at national alaska breaking news according to reliable sources Anchor's Mayor Ethan Berkowitz has his male genitalia posted <laughs> on an underage girl's website. Coming up tonight, Fox 4 News at 9, ABC News at 10, CW News at 1230, and Newsnet National for sure will cover this. You heard it here first. You heard it here first. You heard it here first. <laughs> From her very reliable sources, the booze cookie queen. The booze cookie queen. Not to mention, Molly Blakely told her that she, that her daughter was sex trafficked. I don't know where this story about the pictures on the website came from. She was like. we will get to that again momentarily because we're about to Quentin Tarantino it. Because Sarah, as you already know, but our audience does not. Everything that Molly Blakely told Maria Athens was a lie. So Molly Blakely's daughter was an escort when she was 19. She was not sex trafficked and she was not a minor, but she also insists that she never had sexual contact with any of her clients. She was strictly an escort. She went on dates. She just was the pretty girl on men's arms and got nice dinners and got paid. And she said it was a great job. But... At one point in time, her mother found out about it and was very angry and was asking her, like, who her clientele was. Well, how did her mom find out? Her mom found out by hacking her email. She snooped like a bitch. She snooped. She snooped like a bitch. Molly snooped her daughter's emails, yes. Not okay. And she found seeking arrangement emails. And so she pressed her about it. And she was like, who are these men? Who are they? Tell me who these people are. Tell me who these people are. And she said, okay, well, 
My favorite client is a guy who works in the government and he's short. That was all that she told her mother. But again, she was 19. She was an escort and there was no sexual contact with any of her clients. Her mother, from that information, just decided that it was Ethan Berkowitz, that he was short, and for some reason he gave her the creeps, and she was like, that's the guy who sex trafficked my daughter. Do you think that she named Ethan Berkowitz as the guy before Maria Athens was like, what do you think about the Maya? And she was like, oh, you know what? According to her daughter, so I found out about the story. We'll get to this. I found out the story through TikTok because the daughter did like a 15 video series on TikTok (laughs) explaining what happened and how it was all wrong and a big lie. And you know what? That Um, seems like a pretty reliable source for this story. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what tiktok no the daughter the daughter got you yes so molly blakely had her interview with maria athens she's driving home she calls her daughter she's like we're gonna end the sex trafficking in anchorage alaska and her daughter is like the way <laughs> like what are you talking about and she's like well you remember when you were 17 and you were sex trafficked by ethan berkowitz And she's like, no, no, I don't remember that because that didn't happen. She's like, what are you talking about? Like, you were sex trafficked. And she's like, no, mom, I was an escort when I was 19. It was legal and I never had any sexual contact with any of my clients. And I have no idea who Ethan Berkowitz is. To which Molly responded, you told me he was short and he worked in the government. And her daughter said, yes, but what made you think that that was enough information to know who I was talking about? That's not who it was. Oh, Molly. You have to call this woman and tell her not to air this story because it's not true. Like, please call this woman up. Tell her that you were mistaken. Call Maria Athens. Do not let her run this story. And she gets off the phone with her mother, assuming that her mother called Maria Athens and cleared this all up. Molly's like, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I'll get around to it. But yeah, like, yeah, my yeah, plate's yeah, really yeah, yeah, yeah. full right now. I got these booze cookies. I got this sex trafficking Molly ring to end in Anchorage, Alaska. Okay. Did not clear it up with Maria Athens. Of course she didn't. Hence the video that went on the Facebook page. When people started to say that they doubted it and that she was lying or whatever, Maria began to post, like, nude pictures of Ethan Berkowitz. Like, it was a butt picture. Because she had and them. And she said, she said that she found it on an underage girl's website, but it was a picture that she had from sexting back and forth with Mayor Ethan Berkowitz. Oh, Maria. It was not found on a teenage girl's website. No, of course not. Despite how hard the daughter tried to get this story botched, boshed, like, squashed, like, like, quashed, like, turned the fuck out, uh, that did not happen. The news went viral that Ethan Berkowitz was a pedophile and a sex trafficker and unfaithful to his wife, which only the last part is true. true. (laughs) Only the last part is true. 
And ultimately, Ethan Berkowitz was forced to resign in October of 2020. Anybody on Twitter that was posting about this story or calling him a pedophile, the daughter was sending them what at the time was a Twitter thread about how none of this was true. She's the daughter that was allegedly sex trafficked, and that did not happen. She never even met Ethan Berkowitz. She didn't know him. And that he wasn't a pedophile, but the damage was done, and it was already too late. Damn. Fucking Molly. Good golly, Miss Molly. You done ruined a man's life. Miss And a woman's life. So, also, when her daughter began posting these stories on (laughs) TikTok, um, I wanted to get that up, and that's what I couldn't find earlier, but I'm going to look for it for a hot second if I can. Um, but... The daughter started to post these videos on TikTok, and then Molly was calling her daughter and like, hey, like, you're going to ruin my cookie business. Stop (laughs) telling people. Oh, Molly. You're going to ruin my cookie business. Mom, what about Eric Berkowitz? Who? Ethan. Ethan. Well. Ethan Berkowitz. Ethan Berkowitz. Who? Um... I don't know if I had those audio files before. Did I? I don't think you had the Molly's voicemails. No. Okay. I think you only had Maria's. Give me a second because I will pull it up because the people deserve to hear it. Anyway, so that's the story of Molly Blakely, and she is the owner of uh, the cookie company. No, fuck her company. Loaded Cookies. No, fuck her company. No, go write a bad review for it on Facebook. There you go. Molly Blakely is is a loaded, where was I going to go with this? Molly Blakely is a loaded cookie, a loaded cookie filled with booze lies. Ooh, that's great. She is a loaded cookie. And that's the story of how Molly Blakely, the cookie owner, ruined the career of Mayor Ethan Berkowitz and, and sent Maria. the reporter Maria Athens into a nervous breakdown. Yep, because Maria Athens, I don't know if y'all could tell or not in those voice clips, but she was not doing well. She was unhinged. And it was and rightfully just, so. It was spiraling downward. That was like a whole other world. I can't even imagine. And it's also funny because I, no one ever no one ever talks about Alaska. No, right. So you're like, like oh, and this happened in Alaska. Alaska. And you're like, is that in this country? Right, I was going to say, and you're like, I guess that's national news. I guess. Right, I guess. I mean, that's in the same nation. It's in America, technically. Well, it's national news on our podcast. We're keeping the memory alive. The memory of when Molly Blakely lied and ruined a man's career and a woman's mental state. I mean, really, though? It's so wild. And just shrugged it off like it was nothing. Well, and she was like, you know, I made an honest mistake. Like, why can't you stop talking about it? (laughs) Because you didn't, like, you did, but then you didn't try to fix it. You were just like, oh, oops. She was just like, my bad, okay? Like, let's just leave it alone. Like, it's fine. It's no big deal. But it is a big deal. She's I Josh Duggering it. it. I found her. All right. So, so then real fast, this is the audio. This is the voicemail that Molly left for her daughter. For her daughter. Against Maria Athens for the photo she posted of him on her Facebook. 
I'm not sure what's going on with that, and I'm not going to keep updated with it. I feel bad for both of them, genuinely. Even though Maria Athens went over the line and lost her mind, still wouldn't have happened if my mom didn't lie to her. Maria Athens, if you see this, I'm so sorry that you were lied to. I'm so sorry this happened to you, and I would love to talk to you. Please find a way to get a hold of me. Ethan Berkowitz, if you see this, I'm so sorry this happened to you. I'm so sorry you got dragged into this. You did not deserve this to happen, and I'm sorry my mom lied. Molly. Mom. Fuck you. If you see this, fuck you. You are the worst mom in the world. In the world. Why would you do that? Why would you do that to your kid? Ethan Berkowitz. Ooh. That wasn't the voicemail, but that's still dramatic as fuck. Oh, I was like, where's the voicemail? (laughs) I know. Um, I don't want to dig through her 15 videos. If you want to check her out on uh, TikTok, because her name isn't Nora, but that's her name on TikTok. Mm -hmm. If you want to hear her side of the story, and she also has voicemails from her mother, Molly Blakely, her name on Instagram is Nora Einhill. It's N-O-R-A-E-I-N-H-E. Four L's, H E L L L L. Nora Einhell. She is the daughter of Molly Blakely. She's how I found out about this story, and I was sent it from our friend Zach Simcoe, who is great. And you should totally check out all the fucking tea on Nora quote unquote's TikTok page because oh my fucking god! And all her videos are in reference to that story. <laughs> so if you want to hear it from the point of view of the supposed sex trafficked daughter who was not really sex trafficked. You should totally check out her TikTok, and you should listen to the story from her. Yeah, that tea is deep and steeped. Deep and steeped. There's my contribution. That's what I got. That's what (laughs) I have for the episode. Take it or leave it. Deal with it. (laughs) So those are my two stories for this week. Your two stories were like drama stories, but no one got hurt. I like that. No one got hurt this up. Well. Depends. I mean. Nobody Nobody got physically injured? I mean, people probably died from the gases that they consumed living in Centralia. (laughs) People mainly got their feelings hurt. Ethan Berkowitz's career was ruined. Maria Athens had a nervous breakdown. But did they die? Molly Blakely's daughter was, you know, clean. Her mom said that she was sex trafficked. But she's fine. There's a happy ending she's there. Fine now I guess I was Check trying to turn it around. Cool. Okay, fine. Cool. Well, this is no, dead time stories. Were, I mean, I don't want to say yeah, lighthearted. I guess these were fun stories. Lots of drama. Super juicy. Hope you had a good time. Support our show. You can do that by subscribing to our Patreon. We have awesome, awesome stuff at $1, $5, $10, and $15 tiers. We have merch on our website, deadtimestorieswithaz.com. We love getting your emails. Sarah loves to read them on the air. We have all kinds of feelings, and we get really excited that people care about us. Oh, so many so email feelings. email us at deadtimestories@gmail.com. Love Excuse us. me, I just burped. Love us. And then, of course, if you want to support us but you don't have any money, the best, easiest, freest, cheapest way you can do that is by giving us a five-star review in the iTunes store. That's That's it. That's it. That's it. We did it. If you live in Philly and you're available to come see our show this weekend, you should totally go to westlaurelhill.com and you should get tickets to a six, seven, or eight o'clock show to see when Shakespeare's ladies meet. It'll be fun. It'll be in person. 
It'll be great. And it will be in person. It'll be all those things. We're already starting to do shows in person. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, live show. Say oh, no wink. more. That's it. That's it. All right, all right everybody. Guys. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Sarah. And, and this, this has been... Mmm, Dead Time Stories. Thanks for listening. Dead Time Stories is hosted by Sarah Heddens and Stephanie C. Ferguson. Music and editing by Eric Gershnow. Artwork by Rennie Slackman. 